crossing the borders into Advent. It's still November. And usually I don't put my Christmas playlists up until December the 1st, but now that I follow the church year, I'm a little bit more religious and sound theologically, so Advent starts today. And we can put a wee bit of Over the Rhine on later on just to get some theology into those Christmas tunes. My annual mantra has been rewritten, so if you know it, and who am I to think you would, listen carefully. Seamlessly sown creedal conclusions, safe and sanitized solutions, out of context texts for every question, all lamenting psalms put beyond use, in suits and ties and hats and Sunday smiles. For God's sake, give us some reality. Paris hit by shockwaves of bombs and bullets. Brussels on lockdown and fear and turmoil. Turkey blowing Russian planes into World War III as Parliament debates air raids on Syria from where refugees risk their lives escaping hell. For God's sake, give us some reality. A seasonally well-decorated stable. Freshly showered cattle and perfumed straw. A carpenter with extramural skills in midwifery. Westminster confession signing stargazing mystics. A perfect little baby. No crying he makes. For God's sake, give us some reality. God, vulnerable and homeless. A teenage girl screams and pierces a silent night. A baby laid in germs breeding in an animal stall. Death squads descending in the dawn's first light from where refugees risk their lives escaping hell. For God's sake, born into the midst of reality. As I started thinking about this sermon, the lectionary readings weren't easy. Bit of apocalyptic. Uh, Luke chapter 21 and I'm thinking, oh, that's not the nice, comfortable Christmas start. As I was reading the texts, our dog has had a, a second cruciate knee operation. The vet says to you, now you understand he can't move for six weeks. And you're saying, the vets know anything about animals, especially ours, if you've been to the months. So we've been in 24-7, literally. Janice gets up, changes. I stay with the dog. Then she comes back. I get up, change. She stays with the dog. And on it's gone with a wee bit of help from the rest of the family too. So I was sitting reading these texts with the television on at the start of the week. And it was disbelief that came to me as I was reading Luke chapter 21 and thinking, oh... For God's sake, give us some reality. Might speak into that. And then this ad, come on. Sheer cover studio. Ladies, this is the makeup for you. We can airbrush anything out. You can look flawless. You can feel young. Sheer cover studios can airbrush everything out. You can look flawless. If you see the ad, it's quite convincing. Not sure what it costs, but I'll make you look young, no matter whether you can come to Rory's older film in black and white or the younger one that might be in another room. 
And as I was watching it, I was thinking, that's what we do to Christmas. Christmas becomes this season where it's all warm and feely. That's okay because that's the holiday seasonal Christmas, and I quite like that. But we even do it, do we not, to church. A few drying cloths over a few kids' heads and a lovely wee sort of toy sheep and we can do these wee nativities and everything seems so lovely. It's almost like we airbrush out the kind of world that Jesus was born into and the way he was born into it. It's almost flawless. But of course the only flawless one in the Christmas scene is the baby in the very flawed straw in the very flawed story that he's born into. So Christmas is this Jesus versus Santa. And both are fine. I do enjoy Slade because I was 11 when it came out. Merry Christmas, everybody. I love it every year. Don't mind Naughty Holder becoming rich over one song. It's okay because when it kicks in, or Wizards, I wish it could be Christmas every day, there's something about that that I really like. But the discipline of Advent in the midst of it is something that challenges us as a community of believers this morning as we start this journey across the border towards the centerpiece on Christmas morning. And what we need to be sure is that the Advent journey, the spiritual discipline journey of Advent, is that which influences the holiday season and not the holiday season that influences the Advent story. Today's readings take away our sheer cover studio theology. We're into Luke 21, an apocalypse. Jesus is talking about a people thrown into disarray. A people where there's fear, the world seems out of control, there's turmoil everywhere. Paris? Brussels, as I followed Hannah Bell, one of the man's children from our presbytery, holed up in her home. A Russian plane is blown out of the sky. You just hear that headline and you think, what's going to come? 166 people have died at the hands of terrorists since Paris. Nigeria, Mali, West Bank, Tunisia, Libya, Colorado Springs over the weekend. The apocalyptic world is all around us. And Luke 21 tells us that we are not going to be immune to what is happening in our world. And so does the entire scriptures. From the people of God caught up in slavery and trying to make an exodus to be an exiled in Babylon. To be an under Roman rule and being crucified on crosses all around their world. We live in this world that seems out of control, in fear and in turmoil. And then that Luke 21 passage says, Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Paul has already adhered to it. I don't mind him stepping in to do the children's talk at midnight the night before, as long as he doesn't do one that's better than the sermon. I've told him he's got to dumb it down a wee bit for the next time. Advent waiting for the humble baby Jesus or the church waiting for the Son of Man coming in a cloud. Whatever we're in the waiting, 
there is this light, a light that we're waiting for. The Jeremiah reading that Brenda read earlier, let's put it in some context. They're in Babylon in exile by the rivers of Babylon. We sat and wept when we remembered Zion. There in the poplars we hung our hearts For there our captors asked us for songs, our tormentors demanded songs of joy. They said, sing us one of the songs of Zion. How can we sing the songs of the Lord in a foreign land? These were a people out of control. These were a people who knew the darkness of the day they were living in. And yet again, in the midst of the reading in Jeremiah 33 were those words. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. And this is the name by which he will be called The Lord is our righteous saviour. The Lord is our righteous saviour. Jeremiah's oracle imagines an alternative reality. The restoration of Israel. The practice of justice and righteousness. The flourishing of life. Bridging the chasm between the present reality and the promised future. Is only possible, Jeremiah says, by an act of faith. In God's righteousness. That it will triumph. Jeremiah suggests. That confidence in God's righteousness. And the fulfillment of God's promise. Enables belief in a new reality. In Advent. The church proclaims an alternative reality. That grows out of confidence in God's righteousness. The promise of God's righteousness. Both convicts. And makes new. Advent invites us to name the places in our lives and our society that are at odds with the divine vision of justice and righteousness. So our hope is in God's promise that we wait, as Paul was telling the children, that we wait as a church bride waiting for bridegroom. The gospel arrives into a world in turmoil and works its magic. For magic read, transcendent, God's grace interrupting. But we're caught between these two big moments. The promise of Jesus coming as a baby, the promise of Jesus coming in the clouds. We're caught between these great promises. Do we say, well, let's remember that one fondly and let's think forward to that one? No. We are called to be the gospel, to be the hope of God, to be the light of the world in between those comings of Christ, in between those big moments in our story. We don't look back at one fondly and look forward to one happening and just sit there. We are those who will become the gospel in our day. Jesus said, I am the light of the world, John 8 and verse 12. But he also said to those who follow him, you are the light of the world, Matthew 5 and 14. Because I'm doing the lectionary and my friend Doug, who's doing the church weekend and not to be missed, is up speaking in St. Andrew's University this morning at uh, some event there. And uh, he was talking about some of the stuff that we were thinking about in Luke 21 and Jeremiah 33 specifically. And a friend of his sent him off to Ernst Caseman, who I'd never heard of before. But here's a reading Um, from a blog of one of Doug's friends. 
The gospel is told so that it occurs. The gospel is told so that it occurs. It occurs. The gospel occurs. Where does the gospel occur? The gospel is told so that it occurs where the poor, the sick, the despairing and the possessed cry for help. Where demons and tyrants play their evil game and afflict humankind. Where in the midst of blindness, hate, scorn, blasphemy and cowardice, the cross of Golgotha makes visible God's rule as the self-humiliation of our creator. That is... As love that seeks us out even in earth's inferno. A love that seeks us out even in earth's inferno. Sets itself alongside us. Takes us in its supporting and comforting arms. The birth of Jesus, the presence of Jesus occurs when Jesus is involved in the world that we live in through us. We are those who make the word flesh. And I couldn't help thinking as I was pondering all of this stuff, whether it's Santa and Jesus or whether it's the darkness and the light or whether it's the reality of the world and the the alternative reality that Jesus brings, I couldn't help going back to Bob Dylan's song, You've Got to Serve Somebody. There's a change in service here. There's a change in who's on the throne here. There's a change on the allegiance that we give ourselves to. It switches reality, switches allegiance, it switches the focus of our contribution to the world. Unless you're part of the solution, you're part of the problem. This all sounds very simplistic revivalist preaching, but I think it's what's happening in Luke chapter 21. Here's a reality, but we believe in this Jesus reality, an alternative reality. And here's a reality that you can be involved in and focus on and contribute to. Or here there's another hopeful reality. There is a light. Don't let it go out that we can be those who contribute to it. A change in who's on the throne of our belief, of our allegiance, of our hopefulness. Jeremiah 33, a people in exile. That was the reality. They were away from their home. They would never get back to their home. It was not something that seemed possible. That was the reality. But here in the scriptures through a prophet, they find this alternative reality. This hope in the God of righteousness and justice. Which one would they give their contribution to? And I think it's here in the Advent season too. This baby born in the manger calls us, challenges us to switch the reality of which we live our lives by. The allegiance as to who we serve and the focus of the contribution we make in our world. Like a stone on the river of a still, a stone on the surface of a still river, driving the ripples on forever. Redemption rips through the surface of time in the cry of a tiny babe. So a few things, Fitzroy, as we cross the border into Advent. First one Seems easy and seems obvious, but actually, I think it's pretty tricky. Take Advent seriously with a holiday season happening all around us. Let us take Advent seriously with a holiday season happening all around us. My friend Sarah Louise Martin has started a a blog for the Advent season called Slow Down Advent. Goodness, the next month's going to whoosh going to be meals and carol services and we're already thinking what are we ordering what are we buying who needs what 
Can we be in when the postman arrives now? Because that's usually how everything seems to appear as we shop more and more online. But we're still just the fever of it all. The television will rack up the speed. Everything that we watch is will have us whoosh right down through to Christmas morning. Can we take Advent seriously as a Christian spiritual discipline in the midst of that peace? Can we at some stage of our day just stop to reflect? Can we do a Lent? Can we decide we'll go off something? Eat no turkey or stuffing until Christmas Day? Or something else? Is there something that we could discipline ourselves so that we could slow down, so that we could take in the real meaning of the season? I know that some of you immediately, who are coming to Rory's black and white film, um, immediately said, Instagram, I'm not doing Instagram. Whether you do Instagram or not, can I, as a community, invite us all to take this away this morning? And even if you don't get the photograph, which would be a shame, then let's read these passages together at least once a day. Let's just give ourselves a time every day when as a Fitzroy community we say, slow down. Let's see how our faith and society are clashing here. And let's make sure that the scriptures of Advent influence the holiday season and not the other way around. And then as love that seeks us out even in earth's inferno and sets us alongside and takes us in supporting, comforting arms, let us be the ones that allow this gospel to occur over Advent. Make sure we know the allegiance of our contribution. And make sure that the promise of Christ's presence with people is a reality because it occurs in and through us. That children's talk. I thought it was good. And then he went one further. Cleaning our hearts was not enough, but the heart then was cleaning the society. Darn it. That's how the gospel occurs. It convicts and changes us that we might be those that change the society around us. This Advent, let's ask ourselves, for those weeks, where is the gospel occurring in my life and words and sharing and love? And let's remember in the midst of Paris and Mali and Nigeria, And all those other things that are going on in our world. That there is a light. There is a light. And we shouldn't let it go out. And we're the ones that have to keep it switched on. As the darkness seems to consume. I'm a long way. From your hill on Calvary. And I'm a long way from where I was. And where I need to be. And if there is a light that you can't always see. And if there's a world, alternative reality that we can't always be. I know there are so many reasons to doubt, but there is a light. Don't let it go out. Let's pray. Lord, we cross the borders into Advent at a time when our world is literally on the edge of apocalypse. 
fear on the streets of major cities. Heightened police and military activity across cities and the world. And into that world comes a light. Into that world comes a hope. Into that world comes an alternative reality. Lord, we pray that this Advent season we wouldn't lose the potent power of this in the midst of the holiday season activities that will go on around it and through it and above it and below it. Slow us down spiritually, Lord. Help us to focus our allegiance, Lord. Help us to focus our contribution. And we pray that the wonderful, wonderful theological truths of these passages around Advent would influence and impact how we do the holiday season and not the other way around. May the gospel occur in the life of this community. May the gospel occur as we go as particles of light from here now into that dark world. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.